Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%. APR, 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. 8.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast, Friday, October 19th. I'm Doug Norrie, and I'm here with... Chris Terrell. Oh, baby, we're going to go game by game for week seven in the NFL. Uh, touching on all the injury news and notes, p- players to consider for FanDuel and DraftKings, maybe some players to avoid as well. DFSR.com is the site. DFSR.com slash deals gets you that free... I think right now it's a seven-day trial and $24.95 a month uh, package that includes Optimal Atlas, FanDuel, and DraftKings, NFL, NBA, NHL-based projections. It's all covered in the one subscription package. Premium chat. Too much to name. DFSR.com slash deals. Get you started. Go on and over. And because of the NBA starting, we have that seven-day free trial. So no reason not to sign up uh, right away as soon as you hear this. All right, buddy. Week seven, game by game. We had a cash game podcast that came out with you and James earlier in the week where you guys discussed a bunch of plays we'll make mention of those guys as we go along but if we don't dive too much into them it's because they were dealt with in depth but we'll go game by game talk about some of the injury news and notes how are you feeling about this week i feel like the pricing's kind of tight it feels like a sort of a weird week to me in other weeks there's been enough injury stuff i felt pretty confident going in i don't know if we're getting enough this week and we have i don't know pretty fair pricing on a lot of these plays what's your overall feeling going into week seven uh, at first, my first impression, you know, my first impression was that it's going to be a very tough week, just because we've got that uh, the jet, not the Jets game, we've got the Titans and Chargers who are in London. That's off the main slate. Plus, we've got four teams on bye this week, and then we've got a regular primetime games. It really narrows the options down, and especially looking at like the running back position, which we'll get into. There's some elite options, but they're very expensive. And then after that, the safety aspect is definitely not there. So it really, to me, at the, at the moment, feels like a GPP kind of week. But I've constructed some cash labs here after the podcast the other day with James. And I do feel comfortable about some cash games. So overall, I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit. I think there's some ways we can pivot, too. Well, you know, it's interesting. And we'll get into some of these games in a second. But, you know, at this point, you know, teams have most teams have shown their hand, so to speak. Right. Like we know their we know their plan. And the guys who are the high volume guys, Gurley's, Madam Thielen's, you know, from different positions, those guys just all have the correct pricing on them right now. And when that's the case, it's just you're going to either have to make a choice between maybe some committee kind of guys, um, you know, short of an injury. There are a couple injuries that we can maybe we might be able to suss out here. And this we record this on Friday afternoon. This is really right around where if a guy doesn't practice today or gets in, you know, a DMP for practice on Friday, that's when we can start making assumptions about what their status is going to be for Saturday. Some of that might even come up while we're uh, recording this. But yeah, for the most part, the volume guys are the volume guys and they're priced and you just can't play all. But we'll go through game by game. We're going to skip over the, we're going to only concentrate main slate here. So we're going to skip over the Tennessee Charger game uh, that's going down in London. Your Vikings go in and play my neck of the woods, the Jets. They are three and a half point favorites right now. The news here is that Dalvin Cook has not practiced this week. He was supposed to practice yesterday and didn't. And this is coming on the heels of he was going to play on Sunday and they get the rare you know, warm-ups didn't go well kind of thing. 
How confident are you that he plays, A? And if he didn't play, it's a tough matchup against the Jets, but will we feel will Latavius Murray just kind of check the box of cheap volume running back that we could probably feel safe with in cash if Cook weren't to play? Yeah, it feels really weird because, like, Wednesday, I think he was, like, a limited at practice, so it kind of looked like he was trending towards coming back again. But then Thursday, he was a DNP at practice, so that either tells me, like, there seems like they're trying to cover it up and say that maybe they're trying to, you know, limit his um, practice time and stuff, but that just seems really unusual. It kind of feels more like something, you know, he re-aggravated it on Wednesday or something like that. Um, so I'm not very confident at all that he's going to play, and if he does, you know, I... He talked about how he's not going to return until he's 100%. So I don't think he's going to return in an aspect where, okay, he's going to get five to eight carries type thing. He's either going to play and be 100% or he's not going to play at all. So for me, especially at a position where there's not a lot of value this week, I think we can go back to Latavius Murray. His price came up on both sides, but it looks like it's possible that uh, the game script could be in their favor. Um, They are on the road in New York. But the game script could be in his favor. And New York's only really middle of the pack when you're looking at uh, rankings against the rush. And they just gave up, I think, like 136 yards to the Colts last week. So I'm definitely going to be confident in Murray, even though his price came up this week. And he's cheaper than Sony Michelle, who's probably going to see a lot of the chalk this week in that uh, you know mid-5 to low-5K range on DraftKings. Yep, and I think you know Murray will catch a ball or two out of the backfield. Looked really good last week against the Cardinals in that starting role after getting just buzzed off um, in the weird game they played against the Bills where they just got kind of just railroaded early and he never touched the ball. This was a return uh, to him just having that opportunity and really showing that he could that he was going to be their only plan. So I think this this actually for me is the biggest piece of injury news just in terms of lineup pivoting um, because Murray is kind. Of, I mean, sure, it's just something crazy coming out of the woodwork here. Uh, Murray is just really the perfect kind of guy that we want to put in in terms of we'll see all the opportunity priced completely fairly, um, you know, potential good game script. Uh, it it kind of checks all the boxes. We talk about Adam Thielen, obviously. Thielen, he's just basically he's the best receiver in football so far this year. It's really kind of not all that close. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see, even with the price coming up? Uh, you, not to re not to relitigate the whole entire podcast, but just just as if you didn't listen to it, is he a lock for cash games based on his volume? His projection is so much higher than really anyone else we have in terms of wide receiver this week. Hundred percent for me, and even I've got him with Gurley in some lineups, and I've made it work and feel comfortable about it in cash games, GPP for sure. Um, just with that volume and his catch catch rate, it's you know seventy one point six percent on the season. And he's starting to get touchdowns as well. Cousins and him just seem to be lockstep together. Um, and the matchup's good too. So I, I just, you know, it's a pretty tight spread. So even if the game goes where the Jets are going to score some touchdowns and keep keep up there, I think that's even better for Thielen. And, uh, you know, I think you could consider both of them, even Thielen and Murray together. Um, for GPPs, I definitely like um, his ownership. He's cheaper. His price has gone down. And the ownership is definitely going to be a lot lower. Is Stephon Diggs? We know he's got upside. He's a really good receiver. Maybe even the better um, talented receiver, the more talented receiver between him and Thielen overall runs excellent routes, and he's going to be low owned. So I think if you want to make a pivot off the high owned Thielen this week, this might be the week to get uh, Diggs in your lineup for GPPs. I'm totally with you on the Jet side. Isaiah Kroll has been limited this week. That would be an interesting situation if he weren't weren't to play, and how much we could possibly shift into Bilal Powell if we thought he was going to then just get all of the running back snaps. Um, I This is news we'll wait on. Uh, Kroll, has, like I said, has been limited. Uh, I know you guys talked a little bit about Jermaine Curse uh, because of the Inunua, uh injury, Curse as a cash game play. 
Are we sticking with that as we get later into the week? Um, he looks like he's going to be running those slot routes that another one was running and saw pretty decent volume in. Uh, and it also should be able to avoid Xavier Rhodes. Are we still on curse there? And is there anything else to like about the Jets? Yeah, definitely curse um, with the Nunwa out. He's going to be running out of the slot probably, you know, in that 70 to 80% of the time. Um, he he did really well with the with his uptick, I guess, in, in target share last week. And the matchup's really good because he's going to avoid Rhodes on the outside. And in the slot, uh, Mackenzie Alexander's arguably the Vikings' worst corner. Um, so the matchup's there. The price is there to help you get to the girly and the Thielen together in the line. That's one guy I've got plugged in right now. So definitely 100% on board with him. And then, you know, GPP, again, Robbie Anderson's probably going to be low owned because Curse is going to take all that ownership being cheaper coming off a good game. And uh, people tend to forget... Um, really quickly um that uh that Robbie Anderson was really good not too long ago here like two weeks ago I think he had his what two touchdown game yeah two weeks yeah ago, he's going he 23 yards his routes are boom or bust right he's going he's yep. going to catch those long touchdowns or he's just he's really the perfect GPP guy because the price stays in a lower range because the standard deviation is so high because of the nature of how he scores his points he scores a 60 yard touchdown or he just doesn't touch the ball at all like that's just kind of that's just kind of how his, and we have a long sample size of this is how he scores. Like he, this, they don't, they just, he's just not going to be a volume possession guy. But when it breaks right, it's really going to break right for him. All right, let's get into Detroit, Miami. Miami coming off that crazy game last week where Osweiler comes in uh, and leads them to the, over the Bears. Looks like Osweiler is going to play again this week. Detroit coming off the bye. They are three-point road favorites going into Miami. Uh, what do you like on either side of the ball in this game? I mean, Osweiler like, basically won someone a million dollars last week. Is he a viable fantasy guy at this point? We have a longer track record of him sucking, but I don't know if one week is enough to turn the tide on what you feel about it. Give me some of your thoughts on this game. Pretty sure his ownership's going to be uh, on Osweiler going to be higher than 0.5 percent this week, <laughs> and I just I think we may be seeing his you know his good game. I don't see it again this week, especially. I mean, if he's five to ten percent, even I'm definitely off of him. Um, I'm more on the Detroit side of things this week, especially the passing game. There, you know, a lot of people are going to be going towards the the Tampa Bay Cleveland game, even the Minnesota game a little bit. Um, the Chicago New England game there, so I my, myself I think it makes sense to pivot to Stafford and because he's got three three uh, good passing op, you know receiving options to go to in Galladay Jones and Golden Tate, so I'm kind of leaning towards that pass game. Galladay would be my favorite out of those three wide receivers. He's been like the most steady this season. Jones's price has come down, so I mean he's kind of in that cheap area and he's he gets a lot of end zone targets, a lot of targets where you know he's already set up in the end zone. He's scoring touchdowns, but he seems more GPP, boomer bust to me. Um, Galladay's more of the safe choice for me this week. Yeah, so Golden Tate and Galladay. Golden Tate actually has a higher – this is why it's so funny to look at these things. You kind of have to take all the numbers and put them all together. But if you look at Tate's season, he has, an, he has more targets per game than Galladay, but Galladay has a, a higher median target, which is, which is basically just saying uh, Tate's – Tate's higher target share is clustered around a few uh, around a few games rather than Galladay's, which is just seems to be more consistent. So I totally agree with you on a consistency standpoint. It's hard. It's funny because you don't really look at him that way. I would I would look at Tate as more of the possession receiver game to right. game, but that really hasn't borne out if we're if we're looking at how the numbers are shaken out to the year. And look, these are both guys that have double digit target upside on any given week. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to have either one or Jones included have a big game here. Stafford been generally disappointing. You can't trust anything with the running game. They should be playing Kerry and Johnson more. They don't really want to for reasons I can't 
totally figure out. Um, he seems insanely better than Legarrette Blunt, and they still uh, he outsnapped in twenty nine to eighteen before the buy. So I don't think coming after the buy. Yeah, it is very frustrating because it's one of these from a fantasy perspective because. At some point, you got to say, like, Garrett Blunt is just – I know the guy scored two touchdowns in week five, but the guy sucks. Like, 12 carries for 22 yards. The guy's just straight-up awful. He just kind of luck boxes his way into touchdowns. Do you think at any point we see, like, an 18-carry carry in Johnson game sort of out of nowhere? Like, would he put, would he fall into GPP consideration? Because it feels like at some point they're just going to realize he's the guy that they should give the ball, you know, for maybe a, maybe a 20-touch game. Yeah, I'm just not sold on it right now. I mean, his best game was against New England. They give him 16 carries. He had 100 yards. Um, he also had three targets, cut, catching two of them that game. But the rest of the games, he's had 12 or less targets, yeah. under 10 in three of those five games. Uh, they just seem to want to give it to Blunt. You know, it's like, hey, we paid Blunt. We're going to give him the ball. Like, I just don't understand it. You watch the games, and you, you watch on Johnson, you know, not just box score chasing, but you watch him in the game. He's, he's an elusive back. He's got, you know, lateral movement. Um, he can get up the field. He catches the ball well, but they still want to give it to Blunt. So I, unless there's an injury to Blunt or something like that, I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah. So you know, it kind of makes him definitely in that GBP realm because you know, in-game injuries do happen. And I, but honestly, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Let's get into the Texans. Go in and play the Jags. Jags four and a half point home favorites here over Houston. Uh, they, this has a forty. This game started at forty three over under has come down to forty one with most of the points coming off the Houston side. They're down to eighteen point two five implied points. Uh, I'll throw out there Jacksonville. When we're looking for running back in a week that in a week where it, we've already agreed it's kind of hard to find running backs, right? Um, mm-hmm. We also know that home favorites sitting right in this range, minus usually minus five or above, but let's we'll put four and a half in the range, is really where you want to start rostering running backs. Just historically, we've seen just the touches per the touches per game be way over the way over the average. TJ is TJ Yeldon in that in that range for you? It's a guy that we've played in the past thinking the volume was going to be there and it hasn't it worked out sometimes and not in others. I kind of thought he was script independent. That was did not prove to be the case last week. How close is Yeldon? Like are, are am I Am I going too much just off last week's performance to be be down on Yeldon? Because like other numbers would suggest he might be like close to a cash game play. Yeah, I'm kind of concerned about his injury. He was limited yesterday at practice with a foot um, foot and ankle injury. Um, so it's kind of, it may be maintenance related. They just you know trying because they know Fournette's out and he's gonna have to take a heavier workload. But yeah, last week he only had eight carries and five targets after a week where he had ten and eighteen carries and fourteen total targets. So. It's, it's kind of scary, and I think, you know, maybe the price will, not the price, the ownership will come down a little bit, but if he's deemed healthy and 100, you know, he's probably not going to be 100%, but even that 90%, I think the matchup is there where, you know, you kind of got to get him out on a week like this because there's not a whole lot of mid-range, mid-range options, and he should be up in that uh, 12 to 15 carry zone again as home, like, as home favorites, like you said, like pairing got- him with the Jacksonville defense, I think makes a lot of sense. He's close for me, right? Because he got – if you want to make – James always makes fun of me because I always make a ton of excuses about why a guy didn't play well. <laughs> um, sometimes it's warranted, sometimes not. They got so destroyed last week, and they were down so early because all of a sudden Dak starts to throw to wide receivers, and they're down – and they ultimately lost 40-7. to seven. So you can understand why the car- the carries weren't there. The targets – you wish the targets were a little higher for because he is – he was sort of playing in that catch-up mode because uh, he can catch the balls out of the backfield. I'm pretty high on him. If he, if he has a clean bill of health – I think he's a guy that people will look at last week and say, oh, no, their plan isn't to give him the ball. 
And I'm not sure that's like totally the case. So 6,800 on FanDuel, I could probably talk myself into it. Uh, 6,400 on DraftKings, it's getting up. It's getting a little steep, but we know he has the ability to catch balls out of the backfield, which does raise that point PPR floor a little bit. This one's close for me. I, th- I have a feeling I'm probably a little too reactionary on the touches from last week informing because he had 20 touches last. He had 10 and 10 uh, two a week ago, and then. He had 21 touches the week before that, 18 carries, three yards. I think that without Fournette, they want to give him the ball. Home favorites, I kind of like it. Anything else that you like about this game? I mean, you said, is Jacksonville D, the DST? Are they in play for you because of just the matchup against the, that we have in the second highest? Are they in play here against Houston? And, and can you even consider anything on Houston from a DFS perspective? Yeah, with them being home favorites, I mean, they haven't allowed a whole bunch of passing yards, so I think they can really limit uh, Watson this week. And, you know, they're up there in sacks. And Houston actually gives up the ball. They've got 11 get, uh, giveaways so far this year. And, you know, just kind of looking at, you know, adjusted sack rates and stuff like that, it's a really good matchup as Jacksonville ranks top five. Well, uh, Houston, I think, is 25th overall on their, def- on their offensive line when it comes to the, that sack rate stat. So that kind of stands out to me as they can get some pressure. Um, I mean, Watson does scramble quite a bit. But even if they, you know, I think their floor is probably two to three sacks. And uh, if they can get one or two takeaways, I think it makes a lot of sense. And they're they're the most expensive on DraftKings for the main slate, but they're kind of down a bit. I think they're fifth most expensive on FanDuel, so it makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I think that you know we don't we sometimes kind of or I personally because I'm running the show some tend to skip over the de- defensive special teams as a talk. I do think there's defensive special teams in general is kind of overrated in terms of how much you, how predictable it is. They're they're so variant in the way that they, they score. Um, I mean, just it's like almost like rostering like a cheap tight end because they just even the ones that look like they're in great spots uh, can sometimes like you know Bears last week. I don't want to just pick out one or two examples to prove my point, but uh, defenses are a thing. I think sometimes we get a little too caught up in um, overpaying for teams in good spots, and uh, you can just you can get kind of lucky and kind of get there with some of these cheaper options. All right, let's keep moving here. Uh, we have a game that's definitely going to have a lot of fantasy implications. The Browns go in and play the Bucks. We talked about Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston, both as cash game options here on the Cash Game Pod. So we don't need to go too crazy on that. Um, other other guys to consider, I mean, we could talk about some of the, the, the receiving options. I think Njoku was also in that Cash Game Pod. Cleveland has a dream matchup here. Tampa Bay has been by far the worst defense against the pass. It's like not, it's it's comically not close to how to how much worse against everybody else than how much worse they are than everybody else in the league. Are we still yeah. high on you know stacking the offense here, especially the pack, passing game? Could you like do a Mayfield Landry Njoku stack in cash? Uh, give me some of your thoughts on this game. I just finished my stacks article this morning, and that was my second stack, was Mayfield, Landry, and Njoku. And I mentioned that Mayfield has thrown 40 or more passes in each of the previous three weeks. He hasn't done a lot. He's right around, in those three weeks, like right around 53% completion percentage. So that's not great. But if there's any game where we can, you know, get a glimpse into his upside, I think this is it in this amazing matchup. And I think you can fit, you know, if he, I think we've got him projected this week at like 46 passing attempts. And if that's the case, if he's going to be throwing 40 plus times again, I think getting two guys in double stacking with Njoku, who's done really well lately, and then Jarvis Landry, who's got double digit targets in all but one game this season. The other one, I think, was eight targets or something like that. So he's right up there in the target share. Um, and, you know, with Mayfield not being as, I, I don't want to say accurate, but as efficient. This season, it's kind of been down on the numbers for Landry as well. Like he's got one touchdown on the season. But like I said, if this is going to be the week where we're going to see Cleveland's upside, 
I think this matchup definitely, you know, it paints a good picture of, of getting those three guys in GPP lineups with high upside. I have no problem playing him in cash. I think the volume is just going to be there. I think mm-hmm. you have 5,800 on DraftKings. Makes a lot of sense to me. I love Landry in this spot. I think this is a bounce back spot for him. I, it really can't be overstated or understated how bad Tampa is on, on defense against the pass. It's like it's they're they're headed for like historic levels of being horrible. And so and they they, they had like this insistence on stacking the box and stopping the run, and they just get completely dusted by every single team. I, I just it just doesn't make any sense to me. So anyway, I think I'm fine running Baker in cash on both sites. Uh, it's, it's weird, not a spot I thought I was going to be in week seven of the NFL season, and here we are. I don't feel I, definitely on DraftKings at 58. That one seems really easy. 7100 on FanDuel. We talked about Najoku. Uh, Carlos Hyde's touches are kind of going the, in the wrong direction here, so I don't know if I'm on him. And then let's go to over to Tampa Bay. I mentioned home favorites in terms of spreads, minus three and a half for Tampa Bay. We talked about Winston, but what about Peyton Barber? Is Peyton Barber, could you see him getting enough touches to be considered a cash game back? It's not a guy that I've thought a ton about this year. And there are some other boxes being checked for, for, his, uh, for his projection. Yes, 100%. Um, not so much on FanDuel, but for me on DraftKings, um, it seems like a great play this week at 3,800 against Cleveland, who is, I believe they're like, 24th and DVOA against the run and then fantasy points against running backs they're like 26th so they've given up a lot of points to running backs they've been a little bit better against the pass um, so Peyton Barber's definitely in play for me here this week on DraftKings more GPP on FanDuel um, kind of running maybe running that back with some Cleveland stacks thinking that Tampa Bay is going to going to go ahead and win the game um, maybe Peyton Barber in the run game with a Cleveland stack and then if, on the other side of things if you're running Cleveland stacks I like running that back with Deshaun Jackson in the Tampa Bay passing game he's got a ton of upside kind of a home run threat and what stands out this week is that Mike Evans is going to be facing most likely uh, shadow coverage from like uh, Denzel Ward who's been really good in the corner um, he plays that side of the field the left side of the field a ton um, so I think with him shutting down Mike Evans possibly not that he's going to shut him right down but I just don't see a big day from Evans that we could see some Deshaun Jackson. And, I, you know, I like doing the game stacks in these games where we're going to see maybe 50 to 60 points total, um, get as much exposure to those games as possible. If they go higher, you know, if the over definitely hits, you, you want as much exposure to that game as possible. So, Yep, I think you're looking at I think you're looking at Barber, the 3,800. I didn't realize how cheap he was. Uh, 3,800. He had four targets last week. I think the fact that he's coming off a good week where he outsnapped Ronald Jones 41 to 12 and was efficient, like 13 for 82, plus four catches for 24 yards. Uh, I, it'd be hard to imagine his snaps go in, the, in an opposite direction, especially if they're winning this game. Remember, like they were not even winning that game. Uh, they, were, they were down at times as well. So um, I, I'm pretty confident in Barber here. I think the 3,800, 3, you know, we'll get to him in a second, but we're going to talk about like Wendell Smallwood. Like if you, Wendell Smallwood's 4,100. He's a guy that's also showing up in our projections, not to put the cart before the horse, but would you, go, would you rather have Barber or Smallwood in that thirty-eight to four thousand, that four thousand-ish range on DraftKings, uh, it's easy for me going uh, Barber on both okay. sites. Um, he's only three hundred more on DK, and he's three hundred cheaper on, or sorry, three hundred more on FanDuel, three hundred cheaper on on uh, DraftKings, and he's got a better matchup. Smallwood's going up against Carolina, who's allowed like um, their ninth, I think they're rated ninth in fantasy points against running backs so barber's got the better matchup he's cheaper <laughs> and uh, i think game script could be more in his favor as well so i'm definitely leaning barber yeah i think we get we saw like 12 13 touches out of him too i think um in four 
you know, for 3,800, I think we could live with that, especially if it helps us get guys like Gurley and feeling into that lineup together as big volume guys. All right, let's keep rolling through it. Uh, like I said, before we get to the next game, well, actually, which is that Eagles game, so thankfully it rolls in pretty nicely. Uh, but I th- do think, is, and it's not going to be a secret, that that Cleveland-Tampa Bay game is going to have some of the highest ownership you see of the, of the site, 50 and a half over under, uh, with guys coming relatively inexpensive considering just some of the performance. Like I said, Cleveland's had a pretty rough matchup in terms of who they played on defense. They played the Jets so far, Baltimore, and, and Chargers, all three very good defenses this year. So uh, it's nice to buy low, I think, on, on a situation where they're obviously walking into a good one against Tampa Bay. All right, Carolina goes in and plays Philly. You just mentioned where we brought up Wendell Smallwood. Their five-point favorites. Is the Smallwood-Clement thing like two running back by committee for you? Um, or is there one guy that stands out? Uh, you know, over the other, Clement outplayed Smallwood, but Smallwood outsnapped him last week. I always, I always hate situations like this, but they're high five point home favorites. What do you think about this game? It's very tough between the two. Um, Clement's got eleven and sixteen rushes the last two weeks, while Smallwood's out there um, eighteen last week, but only three the week before. Um, he had four targets the week before. It's just I really can't decide between them. Definitely not for cash. Um, I see the system really likes Smallwood, but like I said, I'd like going Barber in that instance. I might want to play one of them, um, you know, swap, maybe make a lineup with Clement and then go ahead and switch that up to the exact same lineup and put Smallwood in there in GPPs just to kind of get a share of both of them. And it may be a lineup that I really, really like, but don't want to miss on that, on that one guy kind of thing. Um, so that's something I would maybe do. But uh, overall, I just don't feel really good about either of them. Yeah, one note, um, only because it's not reflected in the live projections, um, I, Smallwood has a lower projection than, than Barber as of right now. So I, we've been talking about it, but I had lowered him and just not hit a live update on it. So I don't think the, I don't think the Smallwood thing is going to be there. This is another situation where, I mean, look, they've already lost all their running backs, two of their four running backs on the season. You just kind of, now you just got to lose one more of these guys, and then their the yeah. Clement or Smallwood would end up, and then they'd play, like, play Barner or something like that, or whoever, there's some other guy they have up next. Uh, what about Cam? We talked a little bit about Cam as a cash game consideration. Uh, that line has come down from 20.5 to 19.75. That seems like too low of an implied total for me to really wrap myself into cash games here. But I don't know. He and McCaffrey, I think that they still have big upside in the right kind of game script. Can you talk yourself into either of these guys in cash or it seem like more of a GBP style play? Right now, Cam is my cash game quarterback, Ooh, and I'm going to really? use him in uh, GPPs as well. Probably like a naked Cam, and by naked, I mean just not pairing him, stacking sure. him with like a wide receiver or running back on his team. Um, especially on FanDuel, like I'm just kind of breaking it down. I always talk about two times value on FanDuel and three times value on DraftKings to get to that cash where you want to be in cash. Cam's hit two times value on FanDuel in every single game this season. He's hit three times value three times. So not only has he shown a high floor and hit cash value every week, but he's also shown GPP upside in 50% of his games as well. Um, he gives you that running ability. He's like their goal line running back. Um, when he's not passing to McCaffrey at the goal line, he seems to be in there You know, when they're inside the five for sure and just sneaking it in there himself. And I think in this matchup where he's going to be behind, I think we're going to see again that 35 to 40 pass attempts again, which he's hit three of the last four games. And he's had multiple touchdowns in four straight games. So he kind of checks all the boxes for me um, where I want to have him in my lineup. He just seems like he's got a really high floor. And he's got that upside as well in this matchup. He's never going to be an accurate passer. We already know this at this point. It's not a secret. Um, And like you said, I feel like I said this every freaking week on the podcast, but you just can't 
understate how important that running is for him. It's just it's <laughs> so much, specifically the goal line stuff. That he's just you're right. He just is their goal line back. They run those you know kind of run pass option kind of things. The little like the little uh, shotgun option stuff with him and McCaffrey. He keeps it every time. He never hands off to McCaffrey. Uh, so the, and and just kind of takes it left. And that's kind of what they do in the red zone. If you have that ability to do that, no, very few other quarterbacks, really no other quarterback, has the kind of running upside with the touchdowns that he has. It's really close for me in the same price tier between him and Jameis. Jameis runs as well. Also, so if I'm looking in that tier, I'm this is on FanDuel, 8,200 compared to 7,800, I might take the $400 savings on Winston, and just because like the game script and kind of who they're playing and the home favorites and the implied total, but it's still it's really a testament to Cam's goal line usage mostly uh, that it's even really a discussion. Uh, what about the uh, Philly wide receivers? Uh, they have been targeting Alshon Jeffrey a lot since he came back from injury. It had been sort of Aguilar. Uh, Ertz is still up there, but how much do we want to put Jeffrey? I mean, is Jeffrey like a nine target a game guy now? He's been running out of the slot. They moved Anunwa to the outside uh, more. It's not Anunwa, uh, Aguilar to the outside. Um, is he? Does he creep up into like that safe cash consideration based on the targets? Or I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused about what to do with Alshon. Doesn't really feel cash to me. Uh, just, you know, it's a low total. I don't think he's going to get to the double-digit targets. But the upside is definitely there. If they're running him out of the slot, he's going to be facing Captain Munderland. And he's like 106 years old. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm de- he hasn't been very good. He hasn't rated very good. Uh, I just watched him a lot when he was with Minnesota uh, two years ago. I think he was there. And he's just not that great out of the slot. So, if Jeffrey's running out of the slot, I definitely like going that route. Um, on the other side of the ball, Devin Funches has some upside for me in a pretty good matchup again this week. He's got that touchdown upside if Cam's going to actually, you know, if he's outside the 10 and he's throwing it into the end zone. Greg Olson hasn't really been there yet this season. I think he's still not 100%. So uh, Funches definitely, he showed that last year when Olson was out that uh, Funches, he had a career high eight touchdowns last year. So Funches is definitely in play for me for GPPs if you want to stack Cam with one of his receiving options. Another one of the of McCaffrey, of course. Another one of the big total games. New England goes in and plays Chicago. Chicago obviously coming off that very weird game last week. This game started at a 50 over under, is now down to 48 and a half, with the points coming a little more off of the Patriots side. So they're down to two and a half. They started at three point favorites, down to two and a half point favorites uh, in Chicago. Injury news and notes here. The really only big one is that there's a possibility Allen Robinson wouldn't play this week. He has been he has sat out. All, oh, by the way, as I'm talking about this, Dalvin Cook ruled out for this Sunday. <laughs> I was just um, going to say that. <laughs> yep. So, uh, if, so, but, uh, so we can rewind all the stuff we said, and you can just probably you can pretty safely start uh, putting Latavius Murray into that. And I am real glad we got that news. That helps. That I feel like that really yep. helps things. All right, um, moving into the Chicago, excuse me, the Chicago game. Looks like Allen Robinson may not play. Talk to me about what that would do for the Bears receiver core. Uh, New England has not been all that great uh, against the pass this season. They do shadow coverage guides more than any other team just because that's just their scheme and they kind of just don't care who they're playing. Um, would you? How much would you want to redistribute targets across this Bears team? And would you be confident? I know you mentioned Trey Burton on the Cash Game podcast. Would, Trey, would Taylor Gabriel get there for you? What would, what would this do if Allen Robinson were to sit out this game? Yeah, I actually mentioned both in the Cash Game podcast this week. Um, Gabriel, he's really emerged the last couple weeks, back-to-back 100-yard games, and he's caught all 12 of his targets over those games, 6 out of 10 the week before. Um, But I don't see that efficiency staying up there. You know, at 100%, that's pretty much impossible going forward. I don't maybe see him at 100 yards. But at his price, if if he's going to get 8 to 10 targets this week, maybe only catch 6 of them for 80 
and have upside of a touchdown, I'm definitely on board and cash at his price. And kind of same with Burton. Um, the problem with Burton is he's not getting a ton of targets. He hasn't had more than five targets in a game this season, but he is catching like almost all of them. So that's positive. And he's scored a t- He's got that touchdown upside as well. He's scored three in his last four games. So when they get into that red zone, it really looks like uh, Trubisky's comfortable throwing to him in the in the end zone now. Which early on in the season, it maybe didn't appear that they were on the same page. That's kind of cleared up. He's not getting the yardage. He's only had one game over 55 yards this season. He hasn't hit a 100-yard game yet, which is tough for a tight end. I get that. But just seeing that he's got that touchdown upside and and uh, chemistry with Trubisky now really helps out, especially at a position that is very volatile. Yep, and you get. I mean, maybe you get an uptick from Anthony Miller. Maybe Tara Cohen sees a few more targets. Uh, but that's the, the, the Allen Robinson one is definitely something I want to keep my eye on. You guys mentioned Sony Michelle as a cash game play. I personally am not seeing it. I, 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 I can. I, I understand the thought process behind it um, in that he just has got so many carries. I just I have such a hard time rostering running backs who just don't catch the ball. I may, I get at some point he will or he might, um, but as long as James White is there. Am I like? Can I be talked? Is there a way to talk me out of that? Because I just don't don't like. Like for I just see, see him as like a rich man's Carlos Hyde. Like I just don't. I'm just not really understanding the safety behind it. If he's never going to catch a ball, because there's a whole half of a kind of game scenario where he wouldn't even play. Is this a crazy thought, or like am I too bearish on Sonny Michelle? Because I know that you guys talked about him and you especially like him, possibly as a pretty strong cash play. Yeah. On DraftKings, he's a strong cash play for me at 5500 I just really like that price given his volume, 25, 18, and 24 carries for 98 or more yards in each of his first three games that he's um, you know, been the starter, I guess. He's only a two-down back at the moment, but he is named the starter. He's the guy that's getting most of the carries. And for a New England team that you know usually gets a lot of points, down in the red zone a lot, he's getting the goal line carries as well. He's got four touchdowns already, so I think it makes sense on DraftKings. It's a little... A little more murky on FanDuel where he's 7300 the same price as James White. So I'm not really looking for him in cash there. He's more of a GPP play in a scenario where New England is going to beat Chicago, which I happen to think they do. I think they're like three, what are they, three-point favorites right now, something like that, yep. New England? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can see it definitely happening where, you know, New England's going to be leading and they can he's going to get that 18 to 25 carries again this week. And I think that's enough definitely on DraftKings to run him in all formats. But, yeah, 7300 on FanDuel, that price being up there, I'm not sold in cash games either. And the way I look at it is the Patriots, and I've said this a lot this season, I'm just going to go back on it again, the Patriots don't draft running backs in the first round. That's just like a big no-no for them. So the fact that they took, they traded up to take him in the first round says a lot about how they want to use him and how they want him to be part of the offense going forward. And they've shown that this first three weeks as him as a starter, and I only think that gets more and more as we get down the road. So... It does make it tough that James White gets so many targets, but uh, like I said, 5,500 on DraftKings, I'm sold. Yep, and I, like, and I will say, I do think that at some point we do see him become a cash, a, a pass catching back. Like he did it in college, as we've talked about. Um, I, I think that that is probably is part of his repertoire, and we see it happen. And that's just the only piece that spooks me that this targets are just not there at all. And I, I just considering how important that is, specifically on DraftKings, that's the only thing that has me just a little uh, hesitating, just a little bit. All right, um, we're gonna keep moving here. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting laughing. Before you go, I, before you go ahead, yeah. What do you think of Julian Edelman? Is he someone that you would uh, consider in cash? His price is starting to get up there now. He's got 16 targets, caught 11 of them in his first two games, only 57 and 54 yards, scored a touchdown last week. 
Do you think he can get there for cash games, get him, you know, that volume that he, we always know he's in the Tom Brady circle of trust, I call it. Um, he's going to get the targets. Do you think he's there for cash, or is he more like a GPP upside guy? They just seem to have enough guys this year. I think that's, like, the one difference with Edelman. Like, the, the, the receiving core just seems better. You know, Gordon has improved. uh has improved pretty steadily since coming over. They have Hogan there, who's been obviously pretty bad, although he had one of his better games last week. Gronk and then James White. It's almost to me like, so like the difference between them and say like like Adam Thielen, I'm not really comparing them because I know they're totally different prices, but I, I just don't think the, the volume, I don't think you're going to get like a 15 target Edelman game because they just kind of like don't need to, right? Like I think that's my only, that's my only issue. And so is he fairly priced now? Probably. He's probably a tick too expensive for me. I get he's Julian Edelman, and I get that you know he's has a long, long history with Brady. But th- those are my only con- are those concerns founded. I just think the receiver core is yeah. better. I just don't think they, they have to force the ball to anybody like they had to in the past. This is true. Yeah, 100 percent on board with you. All right, let's go into Bills Colts. Um, Bills are going to start. <laughs> it's it's not 2008, but they're going to start Derek Anderson um, against the Colts this week after um, uh, just who got hurt. Oh, just uh, Josh Allen uh, got hurt uh, two weeks ago. They're not going to bring Nathan Peterman back in here. Derek Anderson is going to get the start. They are seven and a half point underdogs going on the road to the Colts. Uh, we can talk about the Colts a little bit too. Hilton looks like Ty Hilton's going to be back, although Ryan Grant has already been ruled out. So, like their wide receiver core takes one step forward and maybe another half step back. What do you think about the Bills here? Is there any reason the roster a guy like Anderson here, Kelvin Benjamin? I've heard seen people talk about Kelvin Benjamin because they played together like five years ago or something like that. Um, <laughs> is there like anything to? Is there anything to like about this game? Bills are a good defense, but the Colts do have a decent implied total here at twenty-five and a quarter. You know, I honestly see this game coming in as an under this week. Um, I'm more concentrated on both of their defenses, to be honest. Um, not really looking at the Bills' side really whatsoever. Maybe Shady McCoy. Um, he seems like, you know, he's the, the shine's kind of weared off him. He hasn't really had a productive game this season, and I think he's going to be low-owned if you want to make some pivots. He hasn't hit a 100-yard game yet. Although, he has 73 and 85 the last couple of weeks, 16-plus carries. But I think he can maybe get get to value this week at his prices. But uh, other than that, I'm not really looking at anyone on the Buffalo side. I think you can maybe consider, the defense. Yeah, I was gonna say you can consider. I can think you can consider either one of these defenses. You could definitely consider the Colts defense, but uh, Bills at less than 18 implied points here with a I don't know fourth string quarterback who's I thought I personally thought had retired, but is now playing this week. So uh, I just don't. It's hard. But then look, look, you get Brock Osweiler last week. So stranger things and all. Um, it's hard to get any excited about anything on the Colts running game. They've just really mixed and matched uh, what they're doing back there. Uh, Luck still throws a lot of passes, so I guess you can consider him from a volume passing perspective. And they do have a lot of implied points. And I just, I don't know, he seems fairly priced in the Bills. I think I'm with you on the under, too, because the Bills' defense is pretty underrated. They've been pretty good this year, so their offense is such a disaster that they just can't do anything else. All right, Saints go in and play Baltimore. Interesting game. They, um, you know, the Saints are coming off the bye. They have Ingram back. They're underdogs here, two-and-a-half-point road underdogs. So that's Vegas kind of probably giving them the slight nod over Baltimore with the Baltimore getting the home the home bump. I mean, can you do anything with the Saints now with Ingram back? I, I, it seems like we're back to where we were last season where it's just going to be hard to sustain fantasy-wise really any of their top guys because now they can run the ball a little bit better, but no one really gets all the carries, and they're probably going to pass a little less because they don't need because they run the ball better. That's kind of my overall feeling about the Saints. Do you agree, or is there, or is there something to see here against Baltimore? Yeah, so I wrote about Baltimore in my Stacks article. I like the matchup for them. Um, you know, Flacco 
he's not a great he's not better than Breeze by any means but the the game script seems to work in the favor where you know you can get it's cheap and what I wrote about was that you want to get Gurley, Elliott, Thielen, or two of the three in your lineup this week. You're going to have to go cheap in some places. And in GPPs, I think you can go with Flacco, Crabtree, and John Brown. They're all cheap to help make that work. On the New Orleans side of things, kind of got a hot take here. Um, something I'm going to be doing in GPPs. A lot of people, uh, don't know if you agree or not, are going to be going Gurley. He's going to be 60 70% owned again. And doing that you're not going to be able to afford expensive stacks especially against a tough defense in Baltimore so my feeling um, and checking out the projections so far ownership projections going into the weekend Breeze and Thomas are going to be extremely low owned same with Kamara all three of them and I think you can get that stack in there I mean look what Osweiler did to the Bears last week that's no one really expected that that's one of the reasons why Osweiler was 0.5 percent Breeze is a Hall of Fame quarterback Thomas is like you know arguably one of the best wide receivers top three wide receivers in the entire league uh talent wise i think pairing them together kind of gives you a contrarian lineup in gbps to get away from those people that are going heavy on Gurley and going cheap at quarterback and cheap at wide receiver what are your thoughts on that yeah it's really interesting so the end the biggest problem with nfl projecting is that people is that you it's it's a very much a what have you done for me lately league especially from a fantasy perspective right and it's easy after a few games to sort of forget how great someone is, it's not because their talent hasn't changed or has changed. It's because the situation has changed, right? So the Saints against the Giants barely need to throw because they just had the game pretty much in hand. Kamara was just dicing with them up, and then they late game kind of took over. Uh, and then the same kind of thing happened with the Redskins. They bring Ingram back, and Breeze doesn't have to throw that much. We are only a few mm-hmm. games removed from Thomas being in that Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown group of targeted guys. They just, they lose, uh, who they just lose? They lose Ted Ginn for the year, um, and... Yeah, there's already a wide receiver core that's pretty was pretty thin after Thomas as it was. I'm with you. I, it's not. It'd be it'd be hard for me to completely pull the trigger on it because I just think this is such a bad matchup. And like you said, in the modern day NFL, a good offense can just overtake a good defense. That just is the way the game is set up, right? Like there's just no there's really no other way around it. The game is set up for the offenses to just take hold if they find something they like. I really wish Thomas's price had dropped a little bit more yeah. after after like after two four catch weeks because like the fact that he's still eighty six hundred on Fanduel, I'm a little surprised the price hasn't moved down a little bit. Also because some of these sites will price correct based on uh, matchup, and he's still the second. And, and this we would consider this to be a bad matchup against Baltimore. He's still the second most expensive uh, wide receiver on DraftKings. I think you're right that no one is going to own them. This is probably the definition of a GBP play. I think you make a compelling case, and like you, and like you said, things can just happen in the NFL. Yeah, I think I think you kind of talked me into it. Uh, you mentioned the you mentioned the Ravens as a, a stack as well. Is it, can we even ever get excited about the running game at all? Like Alex Collins, kind of like Javoris Allen barely touched the ball last game. They seem like a mess. It's very hard to figure out what they're going to do. Um, anything else to like about Baltimore? Where can we move on? I mean, Collins gets the the volume. He's at 19 carries last week, 12 the week before. He's getting double-digit carries, but he's not really doing a whole bunch with it unless he scores a touchdown. So unless you think he's going to fall into the end zone for one or two touchdowns this week, I'm not really interested in him. I mean, he's 4,800 on on DraftKings, and if Baltimore does have that game script where they're going to go out, especially if you're going Baltimore defense on that side of things, Collins definitely makes sense because, you know, he's going to get a little bit more. um, The game script's going to be in his favor. So I can see in that scenario, I'm just not really 
into Collins at all. Yeah, Gus Edwards ran them against 10 carries last week, too. So you, you, you figure it out. I can't. Washington will host the Cowboys. They, uh, Washington is minus one home favorites right now, which, again, is like the Vegas saying. They think that Dallas is a slightly better team uh, with the home bump going into Washington's favor. Very low over-under here with only 42. So really not many points expected to go up on the board, which makes sense. Both these teams play pretty slow, don't have all that dynamic offenses, despite the Dallas putting up 40 against Jacksonville last week. I do not think that's something that we could uh, count on seeing week after week. Uh, do we trust that Dak can now all of a sudden throw to guys like Cole Beasley, or do you see that as sort of just an outlier game and we return to Zeke left, Zeke right, Zeke on third down, and then that's kind of that's it? Like, What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, with uh, the news that Crowder's going to be out and – I believe Richardson is doubtful this week. I think we can see some added shares for Jordan Reed, uh, even Maurice Harris, and uh, Josh Dotson. I think even makes a nice uh, GPP upside play this week. Um, it's kind of it's been frustrating with Jordan Reed because you know we know his talent. We know he's getting the touchdowns last year. He hasn't scored in four straight games, and he hasn't exceeded 65 yards yet this season. So, but I think if he's he's got a chance. He had nine targets last week. I think he could finally hit that 10 to 12 targets this week. And even if he catches 60, 70% of those, I think he can get to um, hitting his value, especially, you know, tight ends are tough to come by. So I think he is definitely one we can consider this week. He's probably my favorite play on that Washington side. Yeah, I really just kept, I keep waiting for his, just for the the conversion rate to be better on Reed. That, like, with Alex Smith, you would think that like, oh, he's got a more accurate passer there. 65% conversion rate's pretty low for a guy like him, considering the routes he's running, right? He's not running like, I don't know, deep routes down the field. He, but this is this is a pretty low conversion rate for the amount of targets he's getting, and he, and he's still probably not seeing as many targets. But I'm with you at this point. They're they're so they're so light on pass catchers. Doxon Harris, Reed, that's Brian Quick. I mean, who else do they really have? Uh, Chris Thompson could if Chris Thompson were to come back, he's questionable still this week. Obviously, sat out last week. I suppose he gets a, probably an uptick in targets because that's the guy that they've wanted to throw to a lot. But he's coming off the injury. So, I don't know. This game, to me, I'm going to still see the wait to see how things shake out, especially on the Thompson side. We mentioned Zeke as a possible cash game play just because of the volume. I think it's tough to fit him and Gurley and Thielen all together. Uh, so, I think that – and I think among that group, I suspect – I mean, I don't, I don't suspect. Definitely, Zeke is the odd guy out. All right, let's get through the last game here. Uh, the Rams go in and play the Niners. Rams, obviously, highest overrunner of the day, 31 uh, that's easily, easily the, the most high, not over under highest implied total of the day. It's a 52 over under. They're 10 point favorites. We've talked at length about Todd Gurley. I don't think we need to keep going through why he's a great play. It's an easy chalk play across the board, both sites. No reason to fade him for cash games. Um, you guys did talk about the Woods and Cook thing um, on the cash game, correct? Like, if you, you guys talked about them as both being in the cash game. If you had to pick between one, Woods or Cook, do you, Cooks, do you think you have a lean one way or the other without Cup there, um, or is it is kind of a coin flip territory? It feels very coin flippy to me. Um, I would lean slightly to Woods. Um, he seems yeah. to have been getting more target share, like not just this year, but even into last year as well. Uh, as well cook seems like more of a gpp boomer bust type play for me like with the deep routes and stuff like that um but i think you know talking about Gurley being super chalk i think another way to maybe go contrarian this week is in a couple you know if you're multi-entering if you're doing one lineup i mean for sure you probably need to get Gurley in your lineup but if you're multi-entering a way that i'm going to go in a couple is go golf with woods um woods and cooks together or woods or cooks 
just to kind of stay, get away from that chalky girly and go with more of the passing game. Um, that's just another way I like to uh, go ahead, and especially a super chalk, you're going to see 50-60% share in GPPs with Gurley, I think, going down and, and getting less ownership with similar upside in that uh, Rams offense, sticking with that exact same offense, and maybe hoping Gurley doesn't get into the end zone, um, only gets, you know, he's going to get his carries, but say he gets held under 100 yards, he just has an average day. Um, I think uh, that's a good contrarian choice in GPPs. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I I would prefer Woods from a cash game perspective as well. I think he's going to move into the slot, um, which has been Cup's role, and that is definitely uh, a high-volume target area, especially if they're going to stick Josh Reynolds on the outside to just kind of be Richard, just kind of make Richard Sherman run around with Josh Reynolds because they don't move Sherman off the left side. So if they're just going to do that, then you're looking at a ton of upside for both Woods and Cooks. And then you're also, I think I would just, I would go favor Woods if he's running a majority of those pass catching uh, opportunities out of the slot. And then on the the San Francisco side, they randomly just gave Raheem Mostert 12 carries last week and Alfred Morris didn't play at all. I, it's just the weirdest thing ever. 27 snaps for Rita, 23 for Mostert, one snap for Alfred Morris. I, I, I can't figure it out at all. Uh, the pass catchers, Kittle, Garcon, Goodwin, is there anything? Goodwin's coming off a huge game. Stands a reason they're going to have to throw a lot against the Rams. Is there is there a way to like kind of double stack this game? Like, is there upside to some maybe some of the receiver core, especially if they're playing from behind for most of it? I definitely like Goodwin as an upside play. Um, he showed it last week. I think his his ownership's definitely going to go up after after that uh, performance. I mean, he only got five targets, but uh, two of them were bombs, 126 yards and two touchdowns. So we kind of know his upside. Um, his floor isn't really there, I don't think. Um, that type of receiver kind of seems like the deep route kind of guy but he was kind of banged up before that so definitely looking to him for upside so yeah if, I mean if you're going with the Rams um, you know especially with Gurley on that side of things I definitely like running that back on the San Francisco side of things with uh, you know running Goodwin or even Kittle Kittle's kind of been banged up kind of frustrating to to roster but he is averaging over 10 fantasy points per game on FanDuel he's getting you know six or more targets in every game but one this season he just hasn't really he's got two games over 90 yards I guess so we have seen a bit of his upside but he's just not getting into the end zone um, to really capitalize on that upside yep I think I'm with you I, I also think I could see this game I could see the I could see the Niners covering this not Niners have like been sneaky kind of been okay without without Jimmy G they haven't won every game but um, they've they've definitely hung in games mm-hmm. and 11 points is a lot to give up uh, for a home team so I, I could definitely see them hanging at least in terms of maybe covering uh, and I from a GPP perspective that's really the only way you can go with their offense all right we're gonna get out of here we're not gonna co- you know you have the Bengals uh, and Chiefs on the Sunday night game which is an interesting one Giants Falcons there's a lot to like from a fantasy perspective about those shorter slates. Uh, so, but if you want projections there, go over to our site, dfsr.com slash deals. We'll get you that free seven-day trial. We'll take you through week seven of the NFL uh, and then NBA. It's all covered on the one subscription package. Buddy, thanks for doing the uh, out-of-the-bullpen save on James today, who, told, who totally and completely blew it by not being able to be on the podcast. But you'd probably, I would say you almost definitely, no, you definitely did a better job than he would have done. <laughs> thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, enjoy your weekend of football. Awesome. Cheers, everyone. Good luck. At Napa, save up to $10 on a pair of Rain-X Latitude Wiper Blades. Plus, get Rain-X Glass Cleaner for free. It's a deal so good, you've got to see it to believe it. That's a vision joke. And with up to 10 bucks off Rain-X Latitude Wipers plus free Rain-X Glass Cleaner, you'll be able to see almost everything. 
Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer ends 9-30-19. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.